Hello and a very warm welcome to the Celtic View podcast. Tonight, as usual, I'm joined by Martin DL of the Celtic View and Celtic View editor Paul Cuddihy. Well, it's been an epic European night in paradise again tonight, so that escalated quickly. Gentlemen, uh, I'll start off with you, Martin. What are your thoughts in that pulsating European clash against Manchester City? Oh, yeah, right, Mark, it certainly did escalate quickly into finish off that anchorman quote I'm proud of how the players kept their head or a swivel <laughs> um, no, what a night at Celtic Park six goals against Manchester City You know, a, a team that hadn't conceded more than one this season they'd won every game that they had played in every competition but enough about them Celtic were fantastic to go in front so early in the match uh, then be pegged back, then go in front again, and then again right at the right after uh, half time, Dembele with that fantastic acrobatic shock shot. It was such a great night, atmosphere, everything, um, and I think even the the, the Man City fans at the the end of the game were kind of applauding just the the spectacle that they'd witnessed. Well, I don't think they're used to that sort of atmosphere. You know, I think the Etihad's not renowned for its fantastic atmosphere and I don't think they'll have experienced anything quite like what they, they experienced at Celtic Park and I, I just thought the team were just magnificent um, I thought you know the atmosphere was brilliant you know we always talk about it and it, sometimes you kind of feel like it's a cliche that you know this idea of the 12th man but I, I really felt that and you felt it particularly towards the end when Manchester City were trying to step up to try and get that their fourth goal and I thought the fans just played their part but I thought the, the it was a real bravery, I thought, to our team. You know, it, we were against a really top-class team. I thought the players were really brave on the ball. We took the game to Man City. I thought they just couldn't handle us at first. You know, probably if we could have held on to any of the leads for a bit longer, it would be interesting to see how they reacted. But to, to go ahead three times against a team like that is incredible. And as you said, I mean, no other team's managed to score more than a goal against them this season. So that tells you something about the way we played. I don't even know if any teams have actually taken the lead against uh, City this season as well, something that I, I think I picked up in the stats, I checked on the, the, the goal scoring ratio of it, um, it was just a, a, a stunning night, That I remember that moment you're talking about near the end of the game as well with the fans kind of rallying uh, behind the team and you could tell sort of City had started to dominate 20 minutes to go, we started making our changes which was very very much set up to go on the counter attack I thought. Um, and seemingly it seemed as if news kind of filtered around the stand, almost like a, a Mexican wave from one corner to the other, that uh, Barcelona had taken the lead against Borussia Mönchengladbach, which changed the complexion of a 3-3 draw, um, rather than it just being one of pride sort of thing. It meant for points, really, so uh, that really seemed to kind of spur the team on, and I remember seeing Sviachenko win headers, Brown win tackles and stuff, so... What a night. It was. I mean, I think uh, courage and bravery are the, the kind of watchwords from tonight. Uh, you you alluded to that as well, Paul. That Celtic went toe-to-toe with possibly the, the most informed team in Europe at the moment. You know what, Martin, as you said as well, 10 wins out of 10 in every competition, sweeping all before them domestically and in Europe. And I don't think they expected that tonight from Celtic. From the first whistle Celtic played with such purpose such intensity, they just took the game to City, the defenders weren't, they didn't expect it at all, you could see that, they were, they, they didn't expect to get pressed high up the pitch and, you know, throughout the game Celtic just played with that courage and even in the the late stages of the game, 
Uh, when we made that third substitution, I think that's summed up by Brendan Rodgers, bringing on Lee Griffiths, bringing on two strikers for the final 10 minutes of the game. While we didn't go and win the game, it showed their intent that we're at home at Celtic Park, uh, this is our home and you know we want to win here and it doesn't matter who we're playing, uh, You know every team that comes here needs to respect us because we're a match for anyone. It, it reminded me of the, the time we played Barcelona and I think we lost 3-2 but we scored the first two goals of the game and I think if, if that was at the time when Bar- Barca had Messi and um, Henri and everything like that and they just they looked shocked as well and he got the same thing from Man City tonight. I mean the brilliant start and everybody was talking about it before the game and I think the manager had said it in the pre-match press conference we'd played before the Manchester City game 24 Champions League group stage games at home we'd only ever lost three We've won 16. So over the years, it's been a really difficult place to play. And, you know, I think Manchester City found that. And what I found really good as well is, and I'd mentioned it just at the start of commentary to Steve McManus when the players were lining up and the camera had focused in on uh, Moussa Dembele and Scott Sinclair. And we were just saying how for them and also for Colo Touré to come, you know, these massive experience, but to get to play in the Champions League again, that's one of the main reasons why they've came to Celtic, to play in the Champions League. So for them to play, they all played exceptionally well, to have that atmosphere and to be so successful, not only they, it's vindicated their move, but I think then there's other players that they might know, other players who at some point we'll go after. They all have looked at that, you know, because, you know, it's it's Pep Guardiola's Manchester City, so people would have taken up, sat up and taken notice. They'd have seen the atmosphere, they'd have seen the performance and thought, that's a place where you can go and play football. This is why Celtic is such a special club. Nights like this, Paul, when, when you come to a full Celtic park, there's a thunderous noise <laughs> and the team reacts to that and there's just something magical about the whole experience. You know, before the game, uh, there were some memories of the road to Lisbon. It's obviously, it's the 50th anniversary coming up, but yeah, there's just something really, really special about it and uh, you detected something was going to happen tonight. I think, you know, we were all talking before the game about Manchester City and their attacking threat, all their great players, but everything's equaled out when you come in, into this arena and um, while the Barcelona victory was monumental, one of the greatest nights in the club's history a couple of years ago, we did it play in a different way. We played defensively, you know, we, we were resolute that night. I mean, it was a heroic performance that, that game, but this was different tonight. Whilst we didn't get the three points, it was the way we went at City from and played with that, as Martin said, that aggression, that uh, that cavalier attitude going forward. Uh, it was just brilliant to watch and f- the fans reacted to that. Do you know what I think? For, for me, the most important thing, it's a kind of vindication of Brendan Rodgers' appointment and what he's been doing with the team. Because n- not only did they play, as you said, go toe-to-toe with, like, against Manchester City, but also I always think it's encouraging that we have that game in Barcelona where things don't go well. And he's looked at that and he said, right, and he said before the game, he said, we're not going to play like that again. We'll be much more aggressive. We'll be much more positive. And you saw that. And, you know, you mentioned the substitutions he made, which t- week after week can influence the game. And I just thought, you can see there's something happening with this team. You know, it's it's maybe too early to be booking flights or, or booking accommodation in Cardiff for next May's Champions League final. But certainly that this team's going to grow in, in performances and, and nights like the one against Manchester City can only help them. I think the the key thing you, about, about that is he, the manager got it tactically right. Absolutely. Like you say, Paul, when he went to um, Barcelona, he thought 
do what you know, do what you do in Europe when you're away from home against a, a, a big team who likes to attack, you know, you go either five four one or four five one, you play on the counter attack. That simple. Um but for a team that plays a mix of like four two four, four two three one, four four two in ho at, at home in domestic setting and goes and destroys teams week in, week out like Celtic are doing just now. It's so hard to kind of take those players across and say, right, listen, you're going to have to play differently. You're going to have to be more patient like this. In those couple of weeks that have passed since that heavy defeat to Barcelona um, and then that draw at Inverness followed it up as well. I think the manager has really had a good look at it and being bold and just said, you know what, I'm going to get my players to play to the strength, their strengths. I'm going to get the defenders to defend. I'm going to have Scott Brown in the middle of the pitch doing what he does best by breaking up play, near baton, sitting, beat, uh, sitting deep, spreading passes, and my attacking players are going to be a real threat in clinical. Well, uh, you know, I think we all know about Fortress Paradise, uh, Paul and Martin. I mean, we've, we've talked about it tonight. Um, but I think there's still that arrogance down south. We heard it before the game. You know, I heard it in a couple of radio stations. It did irk me somewhat to to hear Celtic being completely written off lazily that uh, we would have no chance in this game. And I think one uh, journalist down south said Man City could send their uh, C team up here and, and win the match. So, obviously, that didn't happen. Um, it's just embarrassing for the person is, who's written that, really, isn't Yeah, it? well, yeah, I mean, it's just, it does annoy you because it's not like it's a it's a surprise factor. We talked about the record before the game, 24 matches in, in Champions League group stages at Celtic Park, and Celtic have only been beaten three times. That record has obviously now been extended again tonight. So, but, you know, now in this group, every team coming here is going to be thinking, We've got a really tough game, you know. Bruce, you mentioned Gladbach, and obviously Barcelona. They know it anyway, but um, it just really sets us up well for some more memorable nights at Celtic Park in the Champions League this season. I think you'll hear it in the the press conferences, Mark, just to kind of develop on that point about the 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 way some people in the particularly English media were perhaps considering Celtic's chances um, a lot of the questions they asked the manager were like um, kind of well, do, you, do you feel proud of your players to have outpressed Manchester City and oh it's so great that you managed to beat them at their own game and Brendan Rodgers you know kind of very calmly saying well look that's our game that's what we do that we do the exact same as they as you see them doing down south in the English Premier League. It's like we press teams high up the pitch, we try and win the ball high up the pitch, and we try and score as many goals as we can. Um, and people have awoken to that tonight. And as you say, Paul, there'll perhaps be other players up and down the country as well who will be looking at that and go, "All right, fair enough, Celtic can." take on Kilmarnock and win 6-1 but if they can go to if they can play Man City and score three goals against them um, then that's something different and it's something to to take notice of Well on that note Martin let's hear from Celtic manager Brendan Rodgers and his thoughts on that memorable Champions League match and also those of Pep Guardiola of Manchester City I don't want to spin it and put a negative on it because it's such a positive night, you know, in terms of the performance. Uh, of course, the goals, in particular the, the second and the third goals, we can be better in, but that there we will improve on. I think to go into a game of this magnitude against a team of that level, this is a team that throughout Europe that everyone has talked about, and rightly so, because they are 
top class, a top class manager who's coached them really, really well. But it's arguable that our players, how they press the game and the, the, the mistakes that they were forced to play, um, it was really a great credit to, to my team. I think the support was absolutely amazing. You know, that combination of the players' performance and the atmosphere, I think, it made it a real, real difficult night for Manchester City. So, uh, so I'm very pleased that we got something from the game. Naturally, I felt we should have won the game, but it's a good step forward for us. This was a big performance from the team. Um, this will give them huge confidence. It's it's good vindication of, of how we've been working. You know, we've been only working a short time together. In all our games, bar one against Barcelona, we've been really aggressive in our pressing and and, and really creative and, and threatening in our in our attack. So uh, tonight is another vindication of how we've been working. We. Uh, Areas from the game tonight, but um, like I say, there's large parts of that game. I think you make two choices when you play against a team like Manchester City. They can create the numerical advantage from behind, and obviously with the defenders and obviously with the with the goalkeeper, they can be very very good at playing out. So for us, it was a bit tactically setting up in order to, to press them at the right time. It has to be an educated pressure. If you just run, of course they'll play through you because they've got big, big quality. Um, and then obviously with the ball, because they like to press, you have a choice. Do you play through the pressure or do you go over the top of the press? I think you've seen um, one of our goals where our setup was to go over the top of the press. Um, but um, And obviously you have to have big concentration in the game in order to to get the ball back. So I thought there was many examples of our counter-pressing when we lost the ball, we were very aggressive. We forced Manchester to kick the ball long, to kick it out, give it away. So, and that's a cohesive collective unit working very, very hard and together. So, um, but like I said, you always have to concentrate because they're a top-class team. Brendan, Brendan, can I just ask you about uh, Dembele? He was outstanding tonight, his two, two goals, what a special player. Oh. Yeah, we're very fortunate to have him. I think at the time, Johnny, he was covered by a number of teams. But his agent is a clever guy. Firstly, because he felt that, okay, does he go to a, a so-called better league as such, in a more competitive league, and sit on the bench maybe and not get so many games? Or does he come to a big club with the opportunity to play and develop because he's only 19, just turned 20? And, and invest some time into his development for two, three years, and then be ready to go and maybe step into a team if that's what he wants to do. Um, and I think you've seen tonight, he's been like that since he's come in. He's, he, he really bullied, I thought, the back four in Manchester City, but he's more than that. He's got a wonderful touch. Uh, you see his agility for the third goal. He's got power, he's got pace. And um, no, he's, he's a huge talent, and um, yeah, he was, he was outstanding tonight. Brendan, what did you think of the performance of Kieran Tierney, especially for the second goal? He did so well to get forward, but just again at the age of 19, what, how, how much have you been impressed by him at this stage? Yeah, I, I think that, and, and how we're asking him to play as well, in terms of his aggression defensively, but obviously being that outlet for us, and how we set up the team to play, to get forward. And you think this is a kid who's just turned 19, um, 
up against uh, one of the world's best young players in Raheem. And um, yeah, he, the second goal and the third goal, well, he created the the assist for the, uh, the third I think he's disappointed he didn't get the first one uh, goal, that, or the second goal that we scored. But nah, he's, he's a young player that's in a real good place, playing at this stadium. He loves Celtic. Every pass he makes is for Celtic. Every header he makes is for Celtic. And he, again, a young player that's developing very well and, and will go on to be an outstanding. It was a fantastic game for the spectators, for everybody, 3-3. We scored three goals away, we didn't win. It was tough in the beginning for each part, uh, but uh, the team, with an amazing effort, a great effort to recover that situation is not easy in here in, in this stadium on the last 24 games at home, just lost three. Uh, here teams, the prestigious, uh, the, all the best the teams in Europe, uh, was difficult to win. Uh, Manchester City don't have the history in Europe, we have to create it, we have to to build up and uh, will be maybe a good lesson for our future, uh, how important it is to start to start well, but at the end, in the second half, except the first five, ten minutes, the same in the first half, we play good, we create many, many chances, I don't remember, so they score three goals, but they don't have many, many another chances, and we create enough to, to win the game, but it's what it is, so we knew that. So when the, the fourth team in the pot is the Celtic de Glasgow, you immediately realize how tough it will be to qualify, to go through to any finals. So that is going to happen for the last, until the last game in Celtic de Glasgow at home. Uh, but uh, talking or thinking about the performance, the guys, how, how they fight, it doesn't matter the mistakes, how they, until the end, try to win the game, they, I'm so satisfied. So Celtic de Glasgow had a, 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 a T-shirt when the players know every weekend has to win. So every player come here in Scotland to play, they know it doesn't matter play here in this Marbles Stadium away, they have to win. And when that happened, they used that. And, and that mentality, uh, you, I saw that here. That's why I, I know, I know, oh, I knew how tough it would be. So. They are strong in the long balls because they are amazing wingers. So both of them, they are good, Sinclair especially, and Roberts in the last minutes playing. We saw his quality, the one against one. They are strong in the middle. So they are a good, uh, a good team, especially, especially here. Well, evidently a special night for Celtic manager Brendan Rodgers as he gave his thoughts there post-match to the media. Now, Martin, you were there at the press conference. Uh, could you just give us a, a flavour of the atmosphere and, and, and how the manager was, was speaking to the, the, the media down there? I think uh, by the time the the manager had come in, the perhaps sense of surprise and shock from mo kind of most of the English journalists who'd followed Manchester City up had kind of changed to um, admiration for what Celtic had done and realised there was no fluke element to it, that there was this was a real tactical uh, decision to go and take Man City on to, to play our own game. And that came across in some of the questions that were asked of him. Um, really keen on about how he sets his team up to press and how brave they were taking on a side like Manchester City head on. Um, but the manager himself, he sort of lavished praise on the, the team, as you could hear there. So proud of the players, uh, underlining the unique atmosphere that Celtic has. And somebody's going to have to come up with a better cliche than the 12th man because 
everyone talks about it and it kind of loses its meaning almost, but it's so correct. And he underlined the fact that the fans played a massive part in helping the team um, across the line, not just with their support, but almost the intimidation of the, the opposition. Yeah, I mean, we spoke about it earlier on in the podcast about how, you know, the, the, the role the fans played, particularly towards the end when you just they just seemed to just realise that maybe the players just needed that wee bit extra. But, you know, I think Brendan Rodgers, he, he has that advantage of, you know, being a Celtic fan. But I think even as a Celtic fan, it's nice when you hear him to experience that on the touchline as the manager. You know, he said before he couldn't, I think the previous game, he couldn't even hear the Champions League theme tune. The noise and the noise was even more magnified tonight. But that's a, it's a two-way thing because obviously the, the fans help the players, but the players help to galvanise that atmosphere as well. And I think against Manchester City, I think what the, what the fans were looking for was obviously a better performance. And I think they could see what the players were given absolutely everything. And I think the fans then responded to that and I think it was it was one of those things that just everything seemed to come together and made for a great night. You can definitely see the difference that the sport makes when you compare our home and away games in Europe. Um, previously, just from a fan's perspective, I used to just think, you know, it was just that comfort of playing at home but having travelled to so many different matches with Celtic away from home now in a working capacity where you're really looking at the full thing and taking pictures of the stadium and the crowds and stuff like that, you can see the difference on the team mentality between playing at home and playing away from home and that's, that's something that the fans should be proud of. Yeah, I mean, we spoke about it a little in the, in the previous discussion but that last 20 minutes of the match was, you know, one of the most memorable spells of watching Celtic you know professionally you know working for the Celtic view just to to see the fans see that the team really needed them at that point you know it was obviously very nervous very tense but Manchester City were maybe gaining the ascendancy and you, you could see it going round the crowd that they really just wanted to get behind the team and, and just see them home and they did that and you know I think the players have spoken about it in post-match as well it was really really special and obviously Brendan Rodgers as well, I mean, his first Champions League uh, group stage match as Celtic manager, and uh, you know what a start. Yeah, I mean, what what a start for him, and I, I think as well, um, it's he talked about the surprise of some of the journalists from down south. I I, I mean, I'm they, they shouldn't be surprised because Brendan Rodgers was speaking about this in the pre-match press conference, and this is how his team was going to play. They were going to be aggressive. They weren't going to be passive at all like maybe we saw in the Barcelona match, which was more, I think, to do with the way Barcelona played. Celtic were always going to go out tonight, and Celtic's strengths under Brendan Rodgers are going forward, are being on the front foot and taking the game to the opponent, and uh, we certainly served it up tonight. I think sometimes English football is so saturated uh, with media attention, all of the clubs, all of the different newspapers, there's so much attention on it, and I think <coughs> they, they're... It's lazy almost in a way the way Scotland is viewed. I mean, I, I listen to a particular football podcast um, from a really respectable newspaper. Um, you listen to a Celtic podcast other than the Celtic no, view one, that, Martin, for that goodness Celt sake. that a Celtic podcast? It's just a, it's definitely not a Celtic podcast because they hardly ever talk about us. Um, and the only time they do is they get their Scottish correspondent to come on and he goes, aye, Celtic are storming the league. But there's no analysis, there's no in-depth look at it because they think it's just this kind of one horse race and <laughs> fair enough this season it might be turning out to that but I think tonight 
made it forced a lot of people down south to take up uh, to look up and and pay attention and realise that um, you know Celtic have got a team full of good players and they're ready to take on the best. I mean, I think I mean English football is self-absorbed. It's why they're always surprised every year when a team from Spain or Germany and Italy end up winning the Champions League because they, they can't quite understand it. But I think there is that arrogance of... I mean, they, you know, the teams, have, they've got better players something because there's obviously they're awash with money. But I think the idea that... I don't think Manchester City, to be fair, came up and, and thought it was going to be easy. I think they, they, they would have thought they were going to win. I, I think they realised it was going to be competitive. I don't think they would have had the complacency. But certainly, would I give them a wee jolt um, to the, the performance? You know, not just... Because obviously... You can get a draw by playing. You, you mentioned earlier on about the way we played against Barcelona. It was a different kind of style and it was very defensive. But they may have expected us to do that. I don't think they expected us to be so aggressive. But again, as you mentioned, Mark, it wasn't as if Brent, it was a secret. Brendan just told everybody how we were going to play. But saying it and then doing it is, is two different things. And again, that's why he, was, he, he praised the players so much because they obviously did what he, he told them to do. And, and I think you have to be brave when you're playing against guys like Sergio Aguero and David Silva and Raheem Sterling and, and the rest of these top, top players, you need to be really brave to do that. And I thought there was real bravery, uh, particularly for the two youngest guys on the park for us, who you know were the goal scorers. I thought they were just incredible. And the, the manager mentioned them in the press conference as well, talked about Tierney's adoration for Celtic and how everything he does is for the club. And then... <clears throat> he interestingly, excuse me, he spoke about Mr. Dembele and um, I think one of the English journalists asked him, um, do you think he now kind of, like Dembele sort of feels vindicated in his decision to come to Celtic and will perhaps other people look at this? And the manager said, uh, well, look, the first thing is that Dembele wanted to come here and also he's got a smart agent. His agent knew that he could come here and double his reputation um, by getting games, playing against big teams and playing well and he's proven how good a footballer he is, why he was at other clubs before Celtic like PSG and everything. Has anyone scored any more goals in the group stages yet? I know he's scored more, I mean, I'm not saying he's, he's obviously not better than the Barcelona Trident but he's scored four goals in Champions League this year. I've not had a look yet so it's something to, to look in for the next epi- next edition of the, the Celtic View probably. Well yeah just you know on, on Dembele as well I mean Moussa the impact he's made has just been remarkable I mean people forget he's only was it 20, 20 years of age um, just turned 20 recently. and for someone to come to Celtic and make an impact at every level I mean He's playing against world-class defenders tonight that stroll it, they've been strolling it in the English Premier League and he gave them an absolute torrid time physically with uh, not just his strength but his pace, his movement and obviously his finishing ability as well. Um, he is really, really proven to be an incredible piece of business by Brendan Rodgers to, to bring him to Celtic and... The thing is, but he's just going to get better and better as well. I mean, it must be frightening for for teams in Scotland to see that we've got him and Lee Griffiths, you know, and it's still to come. You know, it was dead interesting. Steve McManus did the commentary on Celtic TV, and he did a previous commentary um, before Motherwell played us in the League Cup, and he he singled out at the time I was joking with him uh, when he was singled out Moussa Dembele, and I was saying, "Oh, you're just trying to figure out how to play against him." But right away, as a central defender, he saw. And he sees the attributes that uh, Dembele has. And he said this a few times now in commentary. He thinks he's got the, 
all the attributes, the strength, the pace, the power, the ability to score goals, to be a, one of the, you know the top top strikers in European football. It was really interesting. That, I mean, the Pep in his press conference highlighted how that he won ev- almost every high ball that he went up for, and his strength. And I don't think this was his intention, but I think purely highlighting those qualities uh, ignores a lot of his other qualities. I, I think Pep was get, was trying to give him praise, but certainly there is so much to his game. I think his positional sense in the box is incredible as well. You see him as a guy out of the box winning headers, but then he's always the first one in at the the near post or the six yard line to, for a tap in or for a turn and shot or an overhead kick or something as he did tonight. He's also helps out defending at the other end. Some of those nervy moments in the last few mo- last few I minutes of the I game. I think he wins every 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 corner that we defend, he wins the header. He gets the header, header yeah. Uh-huh. Front yeah. post, anything, yeah. Well, talking of defenders, I think we have to mention Kieran Tierney as well. Um, what a memorable night for the Celtic youngster, uh, scoring just his second goal for the club, and we're giving him that goal. You know, absolutely. Yeah. I, I don't understand that. How they're this? It, if anything, it's a slight, it's a deflection, right? But how how are they classifying that as an own goal? I'm not. I'm not sure of the technicalities of it, but to me, the shot cross shot looked on target yeah, and was, uh, yeah. you know you could the, there's a picture actually uh, of Kieran wheeling away at celebrating and it's just magnificent you know to see the sheer elation on his face it's just brilliant as a Celtic supporter it's he fantastic is, he is this you know he is the classic Tommy Burns supporter who got lucky yeah. that is that the, he plays like that all the time that's why you know he's 19 years old and 57, 58,000 of that 60,000 crowd are chanting his name. I, I can't even begin to imagine how that must have felt for him because it just, it sounded amazing. Yeah. I, I spoke to him for the Kilmarnock programme and uh, I was I chatted to him. I can't even remember if this included, uh, this made it to it, but I chatted to him about his shooting because I was just going through all these wee aspects of his uh, playing career so far about how fantastic his discipline was. And I think in the game... Just before Kilmarnock, he'd ra- uh, rattled the crossbar up at Inverness with a, a shot and he'd been made loads of cutbacks, loads of shots. And I was saying to him, you've not lost any of your shooting power since you've you've, you've developed. And he says, no, every time the ball comes to me, I, I don't have time for finesse. I just hit it as hard as I can. But that one was a, that was a classy finish from him. He knew what he was doing. He was aiming for that far corner across the keeper. He wasn't just putting his foot through it. So fair play to him. Yeah, I mean, the goal has been coming. I mean, look at the past couple of weeks. Inverness, he was so unfortunate. I think one hit the bar, great save. And then, of course, he absolutely thundered the bar last weekend at home as well. So he's certainly getting into these positions. And um, I think we're doing, we'll be doing a feature in the Celtic, next week's Celtic view on Kieran. You know, I think he's hit a 50 appearance milestone. And for a player of 19 to have notched up that many appearances as well is, is really, really impressive. I don't think there's many Celtic players in recent times at such a young age have managed that. And also, again, we were talking earlier on about, you know, all credit to the manager in terms of his, his tactics and the way he got the team. I think one of the first things, again, he thought we've got the right manager is after his first training session, the first thing he did was offer Kieran Tierney <laughs> nice. a new contract. <laughs> so he saw right away. And, and I think, you know, obviously Kieran's a, a regular now in the first team, but his, perfor- his consistency of performances this season under Brendan Rodgers has just been remarkable. I think it's it's he, he graduated through the academy as a left mid and then was uh, kind of placed as a, a left back, um, but there was he became um, 
sorry, he came to the fore under uh, Ronnie Dyla as a left back as the defender. But now the way Celtic play, and he said this in the uh, the program against for Kilmarnock that when Celtic go forward, the manager wants him to come up as if he's a left midfielder. So it's almost as if he's tap, tapping back into that attacking mindset that he had when he was younger, which suits the way Kieran plays, because as you say, Paul, Kieran, every time he, Kieran's putting on that Celtic top, I mean, nothing's changed from him in the past year and a half. He still lives where he, uh, where he came from, still goes to the same pals, still doesn't drink, still goes and supports his uh, local pub team um, at the weekend, you know, and what is just excited about their games. So he's... Um, He's uh, loving life at Celtic just now, really, and buzzing, you'd have to say, buzzing. <laughs> well, talking of buzzing, uh, James Forrest actually had a <laughs> had a terrific performance uh, against Manchester City, up and down that wing, of course, supplied the opening goal with a brilliant running cross, uh, and he's someone that the manager talks about in this Celtic this week's Celtic View, so it's probably a good time for us to have a, a little chat just about what's in this week's magazine. Um, obviously, the manager as well as talking about James and how pleased he is by his recent form was uh, speaking about the tonight's match against Manchester City and the excitement he had of you know being manager in his first Champions League group, group game at Celtic Park. But there's also plenty of other interviews, exclusive interviews and features in this week's magazine, including a exclusive sit-down with Jozo Simeonovic and... Uh, where the, the defender reflects on the past nine months in paradise, obviously been a very difficult time for him with his injuries. And uh, thankfully now he's back playing football and he's talking about how he's changed as a, as a, as a person, you know, he's not just developed mentally and to overcome the injury. He's really, it's really changed him, you know, uh, his personality and his character. Uh, so he's, you know, it was a really interesting interview. I, you know, I sat down with him at Lennox Town, and he was very candid and spoke really frankly about it. And you know, he didn't feature against Manchester City, but he's played in the last two domestic games, and he certainly looks uh, like he's back to his best. Going to be a massive player for us, I think, this season, and just sort of keeping it short and sweet. I think it's another example of the. One of the benefits of the Celtic View in terms of an editorial publication, you're not going to get that interview anywhere else. and You're not going to get it done as in-depth by someone who's tracked the player's career over the past year or so since joining Celtic. So well done, Mark, for getting the interview. Um, I've been out of the country for the past couple of days, so I'm really looking forward to reading it as well. No, I mean, it was it was enjoyable to speak with Joe and I think he'd, uh, he didn't really want to go on the record till he played a couple of games, so I was delighted for him because it's been a... Te- you know, really terrible time for him. You know, as a new player coming to a different country, um, and then having that terrible injury, and then you know, obviously a managerial change in the summer as well. So it was obviously a turbulent time for him. So t- he showed real, real resilience to come back and battle through that, and then you know, get back in the first team. And he's someone that Brendan Rodgers has spoken very highly of since he's been back involved in training and playing for Celtic. So it was great to catch up with Jozo. And uh, yeah, I, I think it was a great interview and hopefully the fans will think that too. Yeah, I mean, there's, I mean, as always, we're, we're obviously biased. There's loads of stuff in this week's view. There's a couple of things I was just going to highlight, actually, just to let people know. One is we kind of have done a, a wee review of, there's a Jimmy Johnson documentary that's going to be going out this Friday night, the, September the 30th, in BBC Alba at 9.30 at night. Martin and I went along to the, the premiere in the IMAX in, in Glasgow, and it's a stunning documentary, really moving. Uh, so I would recommend anybody who gets a chance should should watch that. And the other, I spoke to a guy 
um, who is trying to sort of develop uh, amputee football in Scotland. Um, it's a, a guy who's in his 40s. He actually he lost his leg when he was 10, uh, had cancer at the time. He, he was like a keen young footballer, but he kind of lost his confidence. And in the last couple of years, he's discovered uh, amputee football and it's kind of given him a new lease of life. And they, they train every second week weekend at Fair Hill. He's a big Celtic fan as well. Um, but it's a fascinating uh, story of just, you know, people of all ages who have, through various misfortunes, maybe have lost a limb, but, uh, you know, still have this great love of football that we all do and want to play. So there's this opportunity and uh, it's a really, qu it's quite an inspiring story. I think maybe to follow on from that kind of heartwarming theme as well, Paul, is uh, the final... Uh, the back page cover of the Celtic View. Oh, it's, it's, it's one of the best pictures of the season, Martin. Yeah, I don't know whether to even to tell the the the, fact the listeners about it or whether just to try and convince them to to go and pick up the magazine. But if you as want, as long as they don't just go into the shop and just, just turn, turn it, it backwards. Back. <laughs> uh, no, if you want to kind of uh, see a picture that sums up uh, the team spirit in Celtic just now, you can probably guess what it is. It's the picture of uh, Lee Griffiths handing over the ball to Scott Sinclair. Um, for the penalty against Kilmarnock at the weekend there. Lee Griffiths, just back from injury, managed to get himself in the score street. Known, cause score street known Griffith could have ended up scoring another two um, or another one if he'd taken the penalty himself, but he realises the fantastic record that Scott Sinclair is currently on in the league just now. And uh, uh, Sinclair repaid him for that by scoring the penalty and keeping that going, so... Great picture, something to stick up in the wall, something even just to keep us a cracking issue of the view. And again, following on from another brilliant issue last week, last week which had the, the exclusive sit down with Chris Commons and everything like that. So, really good couple of weeks for the magazine, and more to come next week. Yep. So all this and much more in the voice of the champions this week, which of course is on sale now, and you can also download the magazine online so that's all that's us wrapped up this week's celtic view podcast thank you very much again for joining us as we went through a memorable champions league night here at celtic park i'm sure it's something that we'll never tire of talking about over the weeks to come so thank you again and we'll see you next time on the official celtic view podcast Celtic certainly on the ball in these early stages. The Celtic captain forward to Rogic. He tries to nudge it through, looking for a handball against Otamendi. Gets it, free kick Celtic. Well, Celtic, I think, might push the two central defenders forward and set pieces could be key tonight, Stephen. Yeah, I mean, you've got, you've got Collar off in at, at centre-back along with Otamendi. You know, I think the Celtic have definitely got a height advantage here, so I think set pieces is, is, is an area you can definitely get a wee bit of joy the, the quality of the delivery has got to be very good and the boys need to want to attack it they need to want to get on the ball want to go on the end of it Manchester City holding the line about 25 yards from goal Sinclair and Rogic over the ball Sinclair fires it across looking for Forrest Forrest across it's a chance it's a goal and Celtic have scored unbelievable Moussan Dembele wonderful ball on there superb play for James Forrest lovely ball across the front of the goal and Celtic have certainly deserved the lead early on, which is terrific. And it really gets the place bouncing, like you see, anything can happen these nights. And now it's Man City that need to come out and have a bit of a go. Now the ball floated over the top, Forrest beat the offside trap, it was headed goalwards and came off Dembele. I think it was Sviachenko got a touch and then it was Dembele, came off him and the Frenchman. 11 goals and 11 starts, all at Celtic Park. 
Turi to Lustig. Lustig thinks it inside to Beaton. Beaton sliding challenge, but he gets beyond his man, gives it to Rogic. Celtic on the attack now. Tierney's in space on the left hand side. Rolled it through, it's a chance for Tierney. Tierney cuts it low. And Tierney, Tierney has scored! He's fucking the violence! And he's put Celtic 2 1 in front. Unbelievable! Well, he's having some season, Stephen. Yeah, listen, I don't know if it's a deflection that comes off Raheem Sterling here, but a wonderful play for the near beat on. And again, Tom Rogic is positive. He's picking the ball up in that pocket and behind Fernandinho. And if you see there, it just comes off Raheem Sterling's his, his, his foot as he's sliding in. But wonderful play with Kieran Tierney to get himself up the pitch. Sometimes he needs a bit of luck, but the ball's in the back of the net, and that's all that matters. Down the line for Tierney, Tierney curls it into the box. It's a chance for Dembele. It's in the back of the net! Unbelievable! This is Dembele! And we have got about 30 seconds on the clock. Celtic 3, Manchester City 2. Wonderful start, you know, really, really good call in. I think it's called an over autumn end and it makes a mistake. We'll just see it in a minute. Great feet for near beat on his lip, Kieran Tierney. But again, good ball in, but all falling off to the shorter.